Welcome back to the Buffalo Blitz on a Wednesday night at 7 p.m. I am your host, Peter DiBiase. You guys can follow me on Twitter at DiBiase. Peter, I will follow you guys back, no doubt. And welcome inside to the Buffalo Blitz. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m., either a live show or a pre-recorded show. And if you do happen to miss the show, you guys can always re-watch it or re-listen to it, actually, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. If my voice sounds a little raspy, that is because I was at the Providence Basketball versus Creighton Blue Jays game last night, and I was doing broadcasting, and that game went to double OT, so I was on the air for three hours. So I don't have a voice. It's gotten better as the day went on. So if you hear my voice kind of like that, you understand why I was uh, doing play-by-play for three hours last night. But if you guys want to follow Everything Built in Buffalo, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, you guys can do that. Always follow the show, Everything Built in Buffalo, as always, and we cannot do our show tonight, which we'll be talking about the Super Bowl, some things that the Bills can take away, our overall thoughts on the actual Super Bowl, and about that, and then, then we can kind of send ourselves into the offseason, but we cannot do that without our guest, Lance Nelson, Mafia Montage, part of the Built in Buffalo Network. How are we doing tonight, my man? How you doing, brother? Bills Mafia, how are we doing? Doing good, doing good. Before we get into... The topic of the show, we'll talk about where can everyone find your show, your social media, all the all that jazz. Yeah, at Mafia Montage on Twitter. You can find me in the sit-down on Saturdays at 7 p.m. And uh, I'll be doing more stuff coming up here. So excited to see uh, and grow with Built in Buffalo. Yeah, and yeah, everything Built in Buffalo, builtinbuffalonews.com, all that fun stuff. And if you guys are on Facebook or YouTube, drop a comment, join the show. Talk about whatever you want. Talk about the Super Bowl. Talk about the Bills. Talk about whatever. If you're on Twitter and you want to drop a comment, hop over onto YouTube or Facebook, and you guys can give your thoughts. But like I said, comment section is open for the rest of the show. So we're going to get right into tonight's episode. So Lance, I'm going to start with you. Before we get into the actual Bills conversation of the Super Bowl and what it means for the Buffalo Bills and what they can take away and all that fun stuff, let's talk about the actual Super Bowl, the Chiefs. Obviously defeated the Eagles 38-35. Lance, what are your initial thoughts or your final thoughts on the Super Bowl? Um, it was a really good game and just tough. Uh, obviously, would have loved to see that penalty not get called at the end and see what the outcome would have been. You don't know either way um, whether or not Philly would have definitely come out, come out on top or not, but uh, certainly would have got a chance. So it would have been fun to see uh, you know them let the guys play at that point, but – uh, you know, if you're hinging a game on one call, then um, that's on you. You could have done a lot of stuff better earlier on in the game and and made it so that that one call wouldn't uh, win or lose the game for you. So uh, that's how I always look at it. And it's just tough to see such a great game go down with kind of a questionable ending in some people's mind anyway. Yeah, the biggest thing, like if you talk about the call, because that's what everyone talks about, and I guess rightfully so, um, people have asked me, I would say that was a holding. Look, I think it was a holding. Oh, was, it, was it the most blatant holding you ever seen? No. Um, do you want a Super Bowl to be defined in the last two minutes by a holding call? No. But do you want the NFL to change the rules in the last two minutes of a Super Bowl? No. The biggest thing for the Eagles' sake, if you look on the Eagles' point of view, look, there was that one play, obviously, that changed the final outcome or had a major effect on the final outcome. The Eagles also didn't defend in the second half. They were on – they defended for four possessions. They gave up three touchdowns, and then they gave up the eventual game-winning field goal. I'm not saying it's not easy to get a stop against Patrick Holmes. We know that. Patrick Holmes is incredible, but they did it in the first half. Right. So there was a major adjustment change from the Chiefs' point of view, from Andy Reid, from Eric Bieniemy, and the offensive style from the first half to the second half, and the Eagles just didn't adjust. They just did not adjust, or they kind of ran the same defense out thinking that it would work again, and it didn't. They're up, four, they're up 10 going in the half, and they end up getting outscored, and they end up losing the game because they just didn't adjust defensively. I think it's it's not as simple as that, but it get if you kind of bottle it down, it kind of gets to that simple. Yeah, for sure. They had the opportunities, like we said. I think it's just a matter of uh, you know getting the job done when the time comes, and they just didn't have it in them. Uh, obviously looked really gassed at the, uh, at the end there and just you know couldn't get the job done. Yeah, for such a team with such a ferocious pass rush, um, Eagles have one of the best pass rushes we've seen in a while. Uh, multiple, multiple guys in double-digit sacks, which right. as Bill fans, we would 
do a lot of things to get multiple guys in double digit sacks, but they had no sacks. They had no sacks against the Chiefs. Mahomes was not sacked once. It was kind of, I wouldn't say a fully clean pocket because they did some things, but they didn't get him on the ground. They didn't do anything crazy. Um, so, yeah, I think if, if that's type of um, – if you're the Eagles, you get that awesome pass rush and you do nothing in the biggest game that most of the players are going to play or the biggest game of the season, that has to be a letdown, right? Like that has to be yeah, made yeah. how good your pass rush was. And you put up 35 points. It's not like the Eagles didn't score. They matched mainly blow for blow with uh, the Chiefs. You had that obviously major costly fumble by Hurts in the first half. That led to seven points. When you play in the Chiefs, man, we know this. You can't give them seven points with the right. offense not being on the field. Like that's yeah. just that just can't happen. You can turn the ball over and kind of get away with it sometimes to an extent. Can't give them seven points in eight seconds on a defensive play. Right. Yeah, you got to shut out their defense and special teams for sure because their yeah. offense is going to score enough that you you don't want to have to outscore uh, the offense than then some. And that's what uh, the Eagles put themselves in position to have to do and. Uh, they scored 35 points, right? So, I mean, heck, and then they held the offense to 31. But uh, at the end, you know, you got to – you got to get defense seven, and uh, there's the game. You also got to get a stop. That Kadarius Tony punt return that set him up inside the goal line, that was an incredible um, play of the game. That was also a huge turning point. I thought yeah. that momentum swing was massive. Sure. After, I think that yeah, if you're the punter, I think you got to do a better job there, right? So, I mean, get, put your guys in – position to to get a stop yeah. there and the punter just obviously line drive right to the guy and that's what's going to happen that kid's got a, a bunch of speed obviously and uh you know couldn't make it work uh with new york but yeah. certainly uh finding a spot here in kansas city i like tony i don't think he's ever going to be a star like i don't think he develops into like a legit threat receiving wise well i could be wrong but he definitely seems like a guy probably not value first round anymore but a guy that could be a long-term special teams player, that third, maybe that fourth option, probably a third option. Um, but he has speed. You let him get into the open space. It's he's a dangerous, and he did, and that flipped the game on its head. Um, but yeah, like the refs, there were a lot of ticky tack calls. The biggest funniest thing was the field, like how messed up that field was. How do they yeah, how does that happen for the biggest game of the year? I feel like that's the one time like I get it, they're trying like the grass because everyone clamors for grass, but they painted it. Mm. Like they painted over the grass, obviously with the Super Bowl logo, the NFL logo, but you would feel like they would kind of have that. That's a bad look for the NFL. I know the NFL doesn't really matter because people still watch it, pay money for it, all that stuff. That yeah. wasn't a great look for the NFL. What are your thoughts on the field? Yeah, I'm not sure if um, – yeah, I don't know how – there's a couple things with it really. How did they not go out there and, and test it in warm-ups and not you know, come out with appropriate footwear? Maybe it doesn't – maybe the footwear just couldn't – you know, it wouldn't matter and yeah. you couldn't really uh, put something together that would that would give you the right um, traction that you need. But uh, you'd think that the staffs would go out and maybe have a clue of what they need. And then um, as it breaks down, uh, they made adjustments. I think they, you know, they mentioned on the broadcast that some guys were changing shoes at halftime and things like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it's it's unfortunate. It just I don't think it was a major story. I don't think, you know, I think nobody. Um, got majorly injured because of it or anything like that that I saw. There was just some slips and, and falls here and there. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of a minor annoyance, I think, in my opinion, just uh, for such a, you know, multi-billion-dollar yeah. industry to go out there and not be able to put on uh, the best surface for the players in the biggest game of the season is kind of like a WTF moment, you know? Yeah, it's just because just it's a weird feeling. It's a weird thing. Like, like you said, nobody got super injured, but – some of the players were saying it was the worst field they've ever played on. And I guess that's a little disappointing. You make it to the Super Bowl, you would think they would have the best conditions mm -hmm. that the NFL can offer. And obviously, clearly that wasn't. Um, yeah. So I want to get to this comment. It's not about the Super Bowl, but I think we can move off the Super Bowl. We kind of gave our initial thoughts. This is a draft comment. And you guys in the Facebook, if you're on YouTube, drop comments, whatever you guys want, talk about the draft. I'm open. I had some draft questions last week with uh, Dan, and I, um, I did it. And – we talked about the draft. So CBS Sports Mock Draft has the Bills at the number 27 overall selection in the first round draft in tight end from Notre Dame. Michael Mayer, what do you guys think of that? Lance, I'm going to start with you. Any initial thoughts on that? Yeah, I think if uh, he's available at 27, that'd be great. Uh, I saw another mock, uh, McShay, I think, came out with his first mock. And 
um, had us taken running back from Alabama. I, um, oh and I, yeah, I had that reaction. I'm like, there's no chance that's going to be the pick, but um, it's early. It's obviously the first iteration of these things. And, you know, they got to go through the different evaluations and get through all the smoke screens and all that stuff. But yeah, um, Michael Mara would be really cool. I would, I'd love to have that kid. You'd be on board uh, with that? In Buffalo. I, um, I think it would be, better for the bills to run more two tight end sets and be able to protect Josh Allen a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like they were reluctant to do that. I think that was the thought at the beginning of the season last year with Knox and OJ Howard and then OJ Howard kind of flaked out during training camp and we weren't able to get him in, but we were, you know, projected to run a lot of two tight end, two wide single back formations and um, the 22 personnel, if you will. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're, they're going to, uh, take a look at them. I think that's a, that's a cool, uh, that's a cool pick. It's one of the people I would be okay with. I mean, I don't think we're going to dive into exactly everything we would do in the draft right now, but I, if, if that's the pick and that's what we come away with in the first round, um, I would obviously need to see what happens in free agency and, and the rest of the draft, but I wouldn't be mad at, at just in a vacuum looking at 27 overall getting Michael Meyer, because you have to look at the, uh, the value you're getting right. And, uh, you know, that kid could potentially be, you know, uh, coming behind Knox. And that might even give you the freedom to, you know, have Knox have a good year this coming year and then be a trade piece for additional, piece, you know, things going down the road. So if uh, Meyer blooms and, and you feel like maybe Knox contract is too heavy uh, with all the cap, you know, hits we're dealing with right now. So I'm a little more 50-50 on that tight end pick. I'm I'm very up and down taking tight ends in the first round. That's not like what I love to do. Um, but the bills do need to add weapons. I just, I, I, look, I think Michael May, uh, Myers or mayor, I think it's mayor or Meyer. I don't even know. Um, is a clear cut number one tight end in this class. Um, so if you're going to go tight end, he's the guy you're going to go for. I feel like you could take a guy in the third or fourth round, in my opinion. Um, yeah. They got to look at what's left, right? I mean, who's yeah, like who's there that's going to get you the value? Like you paid Dawson Knox. I don't know if you want to invest a first round pick into a tight end. Look, you can go wide receiver. I think would be a better option. I think you could go like a, a line. We all know that's a, those are better options yeah. in the grand scheme thing. It's not a bad pick. It's really not. I think there's better options, but I didn't look through the full mock draft. I just saw the yeah. 27. Tom McShay's mock draft with Jameer Gibbs at 27 is horrendous. If you're going to go running back in the first round, like if let's say that the Bills are set or going running back for some weird reason, you're going B. John Robinson. You're going B. John Robinson or you're bailing on the running back position yeah. in the draft in the first round. Jameer Gibbs is a clone of James Cook. What's the yeah. point of having two James Cooks? You have Naeem Hines, who they didn't even use. So, like, we're going to have three guys that are main specialty is probably pass catching. Yeah, I was messing around on Madden and I traded for J.K. Dobbins just to have a little more thunder uh, <laughs> in the backfield with those with Hines and. Uh, yeah. And Cook, I thought that was kind of interesting. But, um, you know, just to hit up on this comment, too, is like, you know, I get that everyone wants the wide receiver, too, um, and whatnot. But I think you got to realize what was there. Um, Like in McShay, uh, his mock, he had all these guys gone. Yeah, he had I don't all, know. Yeah. I don't know who. I don't. Maybe Rice was there, but I didn't see. I know Addison and Flowers were definitely gone. I don't remember about Downs or Rice, but um, those guys are uh, guys that McShay projected are to be gone. So you know, I, I'm not going to dive, or we can dive as much as far yeah. into it as you want. But I think you know, wow. my strategy if I'm going to go for for that position, and even with offensive line, honestly, I feel like if you're going to really want to go O line or wide receiver. I think you trade up, you get, you trade up to get Johnston. Like if you, yeah. if you're all in on doing that, go get the best guy. We're not going to. So, yeah. Like in this draft, like 26, they had Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida. Like that would sting if you went a pick before us. I think that would be yeah. a major letdown, but Zay Flowers is gone. Najigba's gone. Jordan Addison's gone. Let's see. Uh, That's it. Quentin Johnson's gone. So you could go like a Josh Downs. You, you could go you could go with Josh Downs. You can go Jalen Hyatt. I would not be against either of those two at 27. Um I think is he a 27 I, candidate, Hyatt? I think the thing I'm really in between with Hyatt, I think he's a 20 
is our our second pick's fifty nine? Is that correct? I think I have that off the top of my head. I think our second pick's fifty nine. I don't. I think he's not a twenty seven, but I don't know if he's a fifty nine. Like I don't know if he can get the fit. You know what I mean? In that middle, yeah. He's kind of in that weird middle range where I really like him. So would you reach for him? Um, I don't know. I see but, a I see a mock here with Broderick Jones, offense tackle from Georgia. So I would. I would. Jesus. Oh, yeah. I, if he was on the board at twenty seven. Bean better be screaming and running up to the to wherever he hands the freaking guard to because Roger Jones gets a 27 and, and that mock draft he does. And I don't think he will um to preface it. It's an I don't know what the other I'm on CBS Sports, so I'm not sure what the other mock draft he was looking at is, but I think there's multiple right. guys that do CBS mock drafts. Uh, um but yeah, I yeah, look Jameer Gibbs, McShay. That's uh interesting pick, dude. Interesting pick. Um, let's see what else we got. Mayor's okay pick. I think we got to get wide receiver two. That would be wide receiver one in a couple years. We have to invest in offense early. Yeah, offense early, guard, tackle, wide receiver. I think those are what you have to hit on early. Um, you don't want to take another edge rusher. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm unless uh, like Will Anderson wants to get to twenty seven. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, no, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't even uh, talk about it. Let's not even talk about it. Yeah, high is late thirties, early forties. He's like he's right. He's like in between our two first and second round picks. So trade up, trade back, go get Jalen Hyatt. I don't know. I would I would not be opposed to a Jalen Hyatt draft pick for the Bills, even at twenty seven. I think he's going to rise up the boards. I think Josh Jones is going to rise up the boards. The biggest rise right now is Zay, Zay Flowers. Dude has explosive speed. I did a draft profile on him blew up on Twitter, like 50K impressions. And I was like, oh, but yeah, people love Zay Flowers. Um, okay. Yeah. What's up, T? How are we doing tonight? I'm here to see your draft picks. Eh, I, didn't, I wasn't planning on talking about a lot of draft tonight, but like I said, the comment section can always dictate the show. You know what I mean, Lance? Oh, they got Jalen Hyatt at 21 in this uh, CBS. Yeah, he's, he's always, I think he's just right. being tossed around. So it's not a, it's not out of question, uh, yeah. Jalen Hyatt at I thought he was like, yeah, I thought he was like, no way would you take him at 27, but I guess I'm I'm wrong. And I, I remember looking at him when you mentioned Hyatt um, during the college bowl games, too. And, uh, you know, looking at the kid, he's, not, you know, he's definitely big, um, not as tall as uh, like Johnston or something. But no, Quinn that's Johnson, why I really quit. Like, there's a couple guys at 27. There's there's three, maybe four receivers at 27 that are there that you kind of have to take if that makes sense yeah. there's at what pick do you think you could get up to i mean to get like the top wide receiver like johnston or something they have him going at, Qu- to the patriots Quentin johnson so, so. might be really hard to get i've seen mock drafts that somehow jordan addison gets to 27 yeah, like yeah, a, i've seen mock... have him going before yeah like there's i think there's four guys at there's th- three guys that are at 27 that you would have to take. Quentin Johnson won't be there, but these are three guys. If they got somehow got to 27, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, and Jackson Smith Najigba at 27, you're screaming, you're running up to the podium, you're yeah. taking those are the three guys. And then Josh Ryan Dowd, Wilson maybe. has the uh, Ryan Wilson has the pick of Michael Meyer. Sorry, maybe so Zay I, Flowers. I um, those are the type of guys, but yeah, Najigba, Addison, and Quentin Johnson, the three guys are no oh. can't miss wide receivers. Obviously, they couldn't miss it. Potentially, this is draft picks. Oh, we all know how sometimes the draft works. But those are some can't miss guys. At uh, uh, Brian Branch out of Alabama, that's a safety uh, prospect. The Bills want to dive into the safety pool right there. You against you against taking a safety round one. I it's all dependent on you know free agency for me really and kind of what they do. I mean, you don't know who they're going to bring in, what kind of restructures, what kind of trades they're going to make. So it's hard to really, that's the tough part about the draft, right? Is because you could fill in some things. And this is this, this is the most interesting part about this year's draft that I love Mm -hmm. to think about is that they usually don't fill needs with the draft. They've been going out, getting things. I mean, they did get the, the cornerback uh, fill through the, through the draft and they, they do have their edge rushers now set through the draft, but we did bring in, uh, Von Miller to to kind of up their up their game. So it's uh it's just not a typical fill a need through the draft where we need to get a start like a year one starter to fill this need like wide receiver two or mm-hmm. whatever you know. So it, um 
it's a different field. safety. So yeah, I guess you know you have to see what happens with Poyer, what happens with Hamlin because he's supposed to be coming back to play for reports I've seen. You know mm-hmm. he's going to try to give it a go again. So that's freaking incredible, man. But yeah, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be very interesting to see. You know if they go need or if they truly, you know, try to put together a board and go best player on their board at the twenty seven or. Um, you know, are they going to move up or, you know, any, any of those things? I think for me, I don't, th- I don't see that they can really have a lot of room probably to move up necessarily, no. but um, because, you know, the assets we have are probably limited. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't, and I don't know exactly what Ed Oliver w- or someone like that would give us as far as a, um, and Oliver might at this point to move up. be a little more, cap beneficial than i guess legit draft assets right well I'm, yeah I'm, I'm just wondering if it's any if there's any possibility you know to give you know 20 pick 27 and add oliver to get to where where could that get us anywhere inside the top 20 or are you still you know two spots yeah, three spots maybe I don't know. maybe a couple you know? spots i don't know they didn't move but up I'm, last year yeah they i'm just seeing you know like uh you know if one of the wide receivers falls, especially you know that Johnston kid. I guess if you know, I'm seeing here twelve, I think on the McShay. Yeah, Jordan uh, Addison at twenty-seven. If he's like at twenty-four, you go get Jordan Addison too. Like he's a mm-hmm. stud. Um, so is Jackson Smith to Jigwa. They're both studs. Uh but I would love to. Jordan Addison was a Buffalo Bill. Come, come June, sign me up for that. Sign me up for that. Um. If, if you guys in the comment section want to keep going with the draft content, keep asking. Um, I want to see. We got uh, Diggs should request a trade so we can get draft picks. I've seen a lot of this on the Bills' social media because of Tyreek Kill. Um, so yeah, let's 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 go, let's get our best receiver because we have Travis Kelsey waiting in the wings. It's a little different what the Chiefs did than what yeah. the Bills would have to do if they traded Diggs. Like I get it, it gives you cap relief. I get it, it gets it would give you a ton of picks. It would help you. The problem is the Chiefs had Tyree, uh, Travis Kelsey. Bills don't have Travis Kelsey with Diggs. Lance, are you even are you even like considering this as an option? Nope. Okay. No. No. <laughs> I I really don't. I don't want to be rude, so I'm just like, no, I'm I'm not considering that. No. Um, we have plenty of other things we can do, um, getting draft picks or other things yeah. if we need to do that. Um, you know, he's a cornerstone. He's the, you know, he's the quarterback's best friend. And I don't, maybe that doesn't matter to some people, but I think that, you know, at the end of the day, you want to keep uh, your franchise QB happy. And, uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, our great leader and co-founder, our uh, founder, uh, Dave Myers, uh, hits it on the head. You know, he loves what he sees out of Stefan Diggs, and yeah. and so do I. I mean, the guy's uh, full of fire. He wants to win, and I think, you know, between him and Allen and Von Miller, you're really going to have a cast of guys that really instill that sense in the in the people. And I I think, you know, it's tough the way we went out this year because you just saw um, just a complete letdown in front of your face and. I get that, but I think next year is going to be a complete different story, and I'm, I'm here for it for sure. So I'm going to keep doing on our topic of the show. If you guys want to keep dropping draft content, Lance and I would be happy to answer it, be happy to discuss it, be happy to do any of that stuff. But came on the topic of the show for a reason. Uh, what to make of the O-line play in the Super Bowl? So, Lance, what are, your, what are your thoughts on the offensive line play and like how important it was? what it meant for both teams and what the bills can obviously take away from that. Yeah. I think you saw uh, more of what we kind of watched in 2020 or so, like uh, with the Kansas city line where they were able to protect Mahomes more consistently, but when Mahomes needed to, he found the escape route and took off even on the bum ankle. And it's like, First time he did it, he comes up and just is writhing in pain, which is kind of crazy. It's like, all right, well, um, you know, that's what you get for uh, for running. But, you know, he's that kind of quarterback. And I think you're going to um, hopefully next year uh, the Bills can kind of figure out a way to to get some sort of copy on that and, and see, get back to um, 
Allen being more protected and finding lanes when he needs to, but not having to find lanes every play like you did this year. So, um, you know, I thought that the old line of the Eagles played decently as well. Obviously, um, Hertz was in a little trouble here and there and, and had the, had the fumble that resulted in that touchdown. But, yeah. um, I think as, as a whole twice, the, the lines on both offenses actually, uh, held up well. And I think they, um, they had, they had some success, success running too. I think, uh, in certain parts of the game, I was so frustrated because Boston Scott's over under was like nine and a half yards. Mm-hmm. He got eight yards in the first drive and then they didn't give him the ball any again. I'm like two, I need two yards, man. Come on. Nope. And you bet, I'm assuming you bet, you bet Boston Scott. hundred percent. Would I won 600 bucks on a $20 bet if, uh, on underdog fantasy, they had a, uh, they had a uh, profit boost. So when you bet on, when you put your, uh, Patrick Mahomes, his higher lower was three seventeen and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. So I went lower on that easily and that hit. And then I took, um, Devonta Smith over 64 and a half, I think. And he hit that, mm-hmm. uh, then I had the Boston Scott higher than nine and a half and he had eight. And then it was the two uh, easy ones were Hertz and um, Kelsey with a uh, touchdown. So Hertz was higher or lower than 0.5 rushing touchdowns. And he had two and then Kelsey was over or higher, or lower than uh, 0.5 receiving touchdowns. And he had a touchdown, obviously. So yeah, that was kind of, I met, you know, that was a, literally all I needed was the two yards from Scott and then it would have turned 20 bucks into 600 and, that's, uh, that's, bet, that's betting for you, Lance. That is betting for you, man. Yeah. But yeah, the O line play, like I think the Eagles and the Chiefs are exactly what the Bills need to do offensively with their O line. Look, the Bills are not going to be a power rush offense like the Eagles are, even though Hurts do for 304 yards. But the time that Hurts had back there, there was a couple plays, Lance, that Hurts was just sitting in the pocket, and you're like, this guy could eat a stinking sandwich back there. With yeah. the amount of time he had, Josh Allen didn't have the time this year. Unfortunately, he did not have the time. So, the Bills are going to have to go into this offseason with the free agency and with the draft, with once again trying to reshape this offensive line with not a lot of money. Like, there's a question at left guard, there's a question at right guard, still with Ryan Bates, in my opinion. There's a question at right tackle. Mitch Morris, if he's healthy, he's fine at center, and Deion Dawkins at left tackle is fine when he's healthy. But there's two to three question marks on this offensive line. So if you're the Bills, you draft a guy, you go to free agency. They're going to have to reshape this offensive line. And I just loved how both teams played so efficiently on a line. Like, I think it was it was kind of a, a treat to watch, if you know what I mean. Yeah, of course I know what you mean because that's what <laughs> I watch every game. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen very good line play watching the Bills game. So, um, you know, obviously really uh, talented people. On, on both sides of the ball there in the trenches for the Eagles and, and Chiefs. And you see some of these pretty impressive things yeah. that um, Dave highlighted in some of the chat, you know, that he sent us. And, mm-hmm. you know, one guy's kind of just nailing a guy, you know, stiffing a guy with one arm and goes out and then blocks the defensive back as well. And, you know, his guy gets in. So it's uh, it's one of those things, you know, these guys are um, <laughs> are impressive athletes. And I think, you know, it makes you kind of, you know, hope and wish that we can have some semblance of that next year. There's uh, quite a few free agents. And again, I'm not sure what the cap's going to look like with, um, you know, what our availability will be in free agency with our cap situation. But I think that it'd be nice to look at getting at least either a right guard or right tackle from free agency and then maybe drafting the other spot. Um, with you're gonna, have to do you're gonna have to mix and match. You probably yeah. have to use two picks on a draft pick, but on an offensive line, potentially maybe a day one, day two, and then maybe a day not day four, but around four, round five. Mm-hmm. More of a developmental guy in the later rounds of the draft. But yeah, this is a an offensive line that at times was solid. At times you're like, ooh, they were good, but there was not enough consistent play. And you would you just think about and you sit and you realize what an amazing offensive line would do for Josh Allen. Yeah. Well, you but saw he, it. I mean, we, we did play pretty well in 2020 <laughs> on the offensive line. Um, I think, you know, 
I saw some guys said that, you know, guys like Daryl Williams didn't play well for us. And it's like, no, he had a good year, um, but it was one year. And, you know, then, then he kind of lost term, his, Wasn't a long-term option. Yeah. And so I think that, um, you know, at that point, you know, in 2020, I think we had a Guess we lost Lance. This is the second time we've lost Lance on one of our programs, but he was kind of he was going on and talking about the offensive line. Oh, he might be back, but oh, what happened to you, Lance? Oh yeah, my camera. Uh, I still see you. We just got okay. a side. We got a side view of you right now. <laughs> uh, but Lance is going on about talking about Daryl Williams, twenty twenty. It was good. But more of like a one-year wonder. It wasn't a long-term option. Bills, if you take away from the Chiefs and you take away from the Eagles, offensive line play obviously clearly has to improve. But there has to be long-term options in the investments that the Bills make on the offensive line. Is left guard Osiris Torres in the first round? Is it Broderick Jones? Is it Daywan Jones? Is it guys that are long-term options that the Bills are going to have to do via, via free agency and via draft? You could go to the two-year contract option with the guys in free agency and also drafted guys. You can kind of plug and play in free agency and then draft long-term options. But I expect, and Lance, I think you agree, and we, I see you're back, um, you expect some major changes off, off of the line. Yeah, I mean, you have a potential here where Deion Dawkins is the only guy to return as a starter next year. Um, that's how I feel about it. But I think you have to look at Mitch Morris, what his uh, – long-term health is going to be he has a lot of concussions now and i think he's had a concussion each of the last three years or so here with us so um he's gonna probably mull that over he's probably gonna come back and play i would assume so dawkins and morse are most likely returning i don't i think brown's the backup at right tackle or the swing tackle i don't think you can go into season with spencer brown being that number one right tackle yeah no i think I really think we need to replace both guard spots and the right tackle spot. I really think that's going to put us in the best <laughs> position, but they, you know, they got to be able to get the guys that they need to plug those holes. And I think if you are going to not be able to get a guy that's, you know, if he's going to have to learn as a rookie and he isn't quite as talented as a guy like Bates, who we clamored to get back and then we got him back and it was kind of less than ideal. Up and so down. I kind of, you know, I think, we sh- I wish that, you know, they would have forewent uh, Roger Saffold. And, and I think there's some inkling that Saffold could be back. And I just think that would be a bad. Look, if he wants to come back and be a backup, be my guest. Yeah. He, he's not penciled. In. I, th- I think what the Bills go into next year, if I do like lay out their offensive line, right? This is what I think. Lance, you can come what you think after. Left tackle, Deion Dawkins. Left guard. First round draft pick. Mitch Morse, center. Right guard, Ryan Bates. Right tackle, either a draft pick or a free agent acquisition. And then our third guard would be a free agent acquisition. Yeah, I'm going to say left tackle is Dawkins, left guard is Bates because I think he had more success at left guard, and I think we need to put him back I guess, there. I guess you could do that. You can move the first round pick to right guard. I guess you could do that, yeah. That makes Center sense. Morris, and, uh, you know, if Torrance is the guy that's there, and you can get him, or, um, like I say, if you if you have a really uh, good beat on a guy that's, you know, one of the best tackles uh, in the draft, and you want to go up there and, and start him at right tackle for whatever reason, you could always, uh, <laughs> you know, try to get up and, and get a yeah. – you know, uber talented, you know, tackle that you could put plug in at right to start and then uh, see where it goes from there. So, I, and again, the other thing is, I don't know, I have to look into this. I keep meaning to look into it. And I just keep forgetting, but uh, I believe Mike McGlinchey from, um, I think he played at Notre Dame in college and uh, he played for the Niners the last few years, but he's a free agent, I'm pretty sure. And uh, he's a guy that um, could be looking to take uh, a solid deal uh, that wouldn't require a ton of money. And then, he, I think two years ago, had a really solid um, uh, season. So I, I'm not sure he was uh, great last year, but I think he's young enough to, you know, be resurrected. So if we can get some somebody like him uh, mm-hmm. in at right tackle, that'd be um, kind of what I would like. And then have the draft pick, you know, 
uh, as a second or third option. And then, you know, you may still consider bringing back a guy like Questenberry if you can get him back on a, a cap-friendly deal, just as, you know, that other depth piece um, and experience. And you, you can't go too many new guys because you got to no. have the experience in there and you got to be able to have uh, guys on the line that can teach the young guys, but also um, what I'd like to see too is, is get a young center in here. I know we got like Greg Mance. I think he played at like Ohio state, but I don't, he's just not really making many strides. Maybe, I'm not sure what he's going to be. So yeah, I'm not against like a fourth round developmental center that won't be starter center. You're one or, yeah. or if they want to go a guy like in the second or third round, year one plays guard and then year two plays center. Mm-hmm. Not against that, but I, I do think Bates pencils in as a starter. I do think Morris and Dawkins. I think there's going to be two new starters on the offensive line for the Bills. I think it's going to sure. be a draft pick, and I think it's going to be a, a free agent acquisition. And, and I think I you're potentially looking at three, honestly. Yeah, I know you're you're more on – you for the Bates or Morris, you think? Uh, Bates, potentially, or I think it's, <laughs> it's kind of an either-or. If, if Mitch comes back and you have that experience, you can maybe be, you know – um, see what Chicago is willing to do for, you know, I know they wanted to sign him last year and see what kind of interest they have this year. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure what you can get for him, obviously, but, you know, it's a matter of, you know, exploring that and uh, going from there. No, yeah, and I think if you're Brandon Bean, you're going to have to be kind of aggressive. You're going to have to do kind of maybe a Chiefs model with the free agency and draft on the offensive line. Look, I don't think they're going to go big game hunting like Joe Tooney. I don't think that's right. a logical option. But Creed Humphrey was a great pick. That's also a pick that the Bills could have done in the second round. But uh, neither here or there with that. But, yeah, they're going to have to go. They're going to do some things in this offensive line. And I expect to see a big change on the offensive line. But big offseason for Brandon Bean. We've hinted at, we've hinted at multiple shows and then obviously as the weeks continue we'll get to some draft talk, we'll get more free agency talk, but big show uh big shows but big things that Brandon Bean's going to have to do uh this offseason to reshape this offensive line. Van Pran from for center from Georgia would be a good pick for the round 3 or round 4. Um I haven't done a ton of I guess look into him after website uh, but we've talked about five, developmental centers and really what would they say uh ban but lance we have talked about developmental centers that's not a it's not the worst option in the world oh yeah for sure um find this guy it's an interesting center pick because, here. well it's an interesting pick because he won't play year one like those type yeah, of players for sure. i don't even show him shown here maybe he's uh Actually, a guard that could kick into center. I'm not sure. I'm trying to find uh, my uh, Georgia. What I use. Yeah, I don't see him. Yeah. Okay. Sneaky good pick then, right? Sneaky good pick. It's a sleeper. Well, I bet you could have him. Probably not in the third or fourth <laughs> round. I bet you could have him a, a little. I bet you could have him a little later. Um, in the draft. Um, are we sure he's from Georgia? Van Pran. Frederick Van Pran. I didn't find him. Not very good at Google. No, I'm just looking at my uh, draft website, so that's what I'm. That's what I'm using. Uh he was but yeah, he wore, wore number sixty three. If that matters to you, no, doesn't at all. Uh but yeah, six I think, four three ten from New Orleans. Okay, but he's definitely. A, a Bills are definitely in the market for developmental center. I don't know if it's a day one or day two pick they use on a developmental center. I don't think he's coming out this year. That's the thing. He's only a sophomore, redshirt sophomore, so he's probably not eligible this year yet. Redshirt sophomore. He might, he might not even be eligible yet. Um, but I do think the Bills go developmental center potentially in the third or uh, more fourth or fifth round. Uh, we're gonna keep moving on the show. I'm gonna. I want to talk, Lance. I want to talk about some coaching. I want to. I want to dample in the coach. I want to get your thoughts. How much of a factor was? the coaching of Andy Reid versus Nick Sirianni. What do the Bills have to do to kind of inhibit that? We know Andy Reid's been calling plays for 24 years. I saw that this week. But but Andy Reid outcoached Nick Sirianni. Like, it was pre-adamant, the adjustments that the Chiefs made in the second half compared to what the adjustments that the Eagles made in the second half. Yeah, I was formulating a thought on this 
uh, earlier and I I thought back to I heard Sal Capaccio on WGR kind of commenting on um, you know adjustments and how Bills fans or, or a lot of people are saying you know the Bills don't make the adjustments and it's like oh yeah of course they adjust uh, yeah maybe they do but not like you saw Kansas City adjust you come out at halftime and they just kind of put their foot down and said, we're doing this. And they played at will. And yeah. um, um, it's not like they didn't get um, hit back from the Eagles because the Eagles are a good team. But by the time the Eagles, you know, hit back, all they could do is um, tie the game up at the end. And then, you know, the Chiefs went down to, to score the winning field goal and took took a lot of time off the clock. So, um, yeah, so I think um, – <laughs> It's, you know, giving the players the awareness uh, to, like, go down and not score on that one play where the where the kids slid at the three-yard line and whatnot. So those kind of things are just, like, that's coaching. That's, like, the guy was prepared and ready for that situation, and, and we've been on the other side of that. We've seen that, you know, um, that our coaches have, haven't had our guys, you know, either in the right spots or, or ready uh, to go back out and do something. And, and that's what I kind of – was sitting there wishing like, man, I wish Bill, the bills would have come out after halftime against Cincinnati and done something, like, you know, like the chiefs did. And I'm, I'm sure they made adjustments and what, and whatnot uh, at halftime. It just didn't, didn't work. Ha- didn't, yeah. didn't happen to go. Sure, that way. Yeah. But um, you know, that's, and so when, when a guy like Sal Capaccio says that, of course they make the adjustments like, okay, I'll trust that maybe the, and they're going to make some adjustments for sure. But uh, useful and adjustments that can be executed are maybe another thing to talk about. Well, yeah. There's a good difference between like, like Sal's right. They're, they made adjustments. Like no coaching staff comes out of a half or out of a quarter or right. from a, from game to a game basis saying, you know what? We lost by 40. Let's run the same freaking game plan back. Like that just, just not how that works. Right. Doesn't mean that the adjustment works. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, what the Chiefs did, and I bet you the Eagles adjusted. I bet you the Eagles changed some things. Oh, they probably sure. thought we could do better. They just didn't adjust enough, or they didn't adapt to what the Chiefs were doing in real time. It also shows, think- like, like I think Ken Dorsey's gotten a ton of flack this offseason, and rightfully so. I think his play calling became very, very vanilla. I broke it down a, a couple weeks ago. I talked about what things he needs to incorporate into his offense. Mm-hmm. We also got to take into account and this is no excuse for Sean McDermott. This is no excuse for Ken Dorsey, and I get it. Andy Reid's been doing this. He's been calling plays, guys, everyone that's listening, and if you're wherever you're watching, he's been calling plays longer than I've been alive. Andy Reid's been calling offensive plays for 24 years. I am 22 years old. Andy Reid has been calling offensive plays longer than I have been alive. If that doesn't like under, what people don't understand is that Ken Dorsey First year, I get it. He deserved a lot of flack, but Andy Reid is no scrub at this. He knows what he's doing. No excuse for Ken Dorsey, but you saw the veteran leadership that Andy Reid is and how good of a coach he is because he's been doing this for so, so long. He went to four straight NFC Championship games with the Eagles. Like, Ken, uh, Andy Reid's the guy. Like, he's won two Super Bowls. He's been to multiple Super Bowls. Yeah. That's kind of years he's been. Point doing I was going to bring up is that you know when you talk about the factor of coaching, look at how Andy Reid was able to adapt that whole offensive scheme, and with all the window dressing he put on that stuff, and scheme those guys just wide open for a hobbled Patrick Mahomes. Right, Mahomes didn't have to worry about it. Didn't have to worry yeah. about his leg being uh, messed up because he was able to just get the ball out in rhythm on time and these guys were wide stinking open man so i think that that's really a big uh a big factor when you come when you talk about coaching you know and andy reed obviously has that it um in his game he's he knows his players really well he knows um kind of where to move those chess pieces right so i think you know you got to give a lot of credit uh to both coaches because we talked about how well the offensive lines played and we they didn't let um, their offense get disrupted by pressure. And you see the Bills are unable to figure out how to do that. They seem to not be able to adjust or make the adjustments necessary to get things protected for Josh Allen. And it's just so frustrating. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to 
guys got to win their one-on-one matchups. And, you know, our coaches are probably will lean on guys to win one-on-one matchups more than a lot of other coaching staffs in the league. Um, they ask their, they ask a lot of their players, our coaching staff. So I think that, you know, they're going to leave guys out there. Like Saffold was left out there and things, even though they're not, um, consistent or necessarily getting the job done, but that's their job to do. And, and, you know, that's the way our coaching staff seems to be is to say, look, you got to go out there and win this matchup. And if you do, then we're going to be successful. And if you don't, we're not going to be successful. And that's kind of, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of, okay, this guy's having a bad game. Let's bring a tight end to his side and yeah. and really make sure we get this. Um, or maybe they did and it just was, still didn't work somehow. <laughs> I don't know, but it just seems like, you know, so frustrating to see um, the, the old lines just, well-oiled machines during the during the, the Super Bowl and having the mess at O-line that, that we kind of ended up with at the end of the year. So I think that coaching in that sense, just by keeping um, their guys doing what they're good at and keeping their guys clean and just making it easy for a guy like Mahomes to just run uh, the offense, that's Andy Reid 101 right there. Sticking with coaching, do you think the new wide receivers coach, Adam Henry, who the Bills signed today, was hired to get inside track to sign OBJ or Jarvis Landry. No. I don't think that has, like, why the Bills brought the guy in. Um, Adam Henry coached the, at LSU. He was wide receiver coach with the Browns. He was wide receiver coach with the Giants. There's one more other team I'm forgetting. But he coached Odell with the Giants, the Browns, and LSU. He also coached Jarvis with the Cleveland Browns. And then they brought him in because they think he's a good wide receivers coach. And then there's a cherry on top if the Bills – are seriously interested in Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham Jr. this offseason. But, Lance, I think you can agree with me. They're, they're not just hiring the guy because they like these two wide receivers. Like, I think that's a, a plus that maybe if the Bills are interested in these guys, then yeah. But I think they think Adam Henry is a good wide receivers coach. And that's yeah, I think so too. More. I think that you were bringing him in. He's uh, obviously good at what he does. And um, certainly not for Jarvis Landry. I don't think we would hire anybody just to try to get him um, – Nobody in Buffalo mind likes Landry, but he's not like going to move the huge needle for me. Nobody in Buffalo wants Jarvis Landry. Nobody. Likes oh yeah, him. I forgot about that. You know what? Kind so, of forgot about that. Okay, never mind. Nobody's going to want Jarvis Landry. Forget what I just said. Kind of forgot that what he did to Aaron Williams. Never mind. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr., a fully healthy Odell Beckham Jr. I want a Buffalo. Sign me so, up right now. Sign me. Oh, sign me up, and I'm getting way ahead of myself. Diggs, Davis, Odell, and a draft pick. Yep. And Shakir. And Shakir. Boom. That's I think they should hire me as the GM just because I said that. Um, that would be a fun offseason if that was and they add two old linemen and they brought back Tremaine Edmonds. I think I'd be satisfied. I think would you be okay with that? Yeah. Okay. My I'm gonna be satisfied with our offseason if we draft Sean Tucker in like the fourth or fifth oh round. Lance, it's about a time in our chat that you said draft <laughs> Sean Tucker. I'm I'm gonna do a draft profile in the next week or two just yes. to make you happy. I'll I love put it on Twitter. But Sean Tucker. If I guess I think, there's a tackle out of Syracuse too, I would not want an offense lineman from Syracuse. But um, I think you can get it, Sean Tucker in the fourth round. Yeah, fourth or fifth. Yeah, um, but stay away from the guy that we tackle. drafted another running back. Well, I think you know you got to draft somebody this year because you have Cook and Hines and nothing behind it, so you got to have somebody there to uh, right. fill We're the not, spot. Singletary's uh, definitely not coming back. Yeah, I would say not. Um, doesn't appear nope. so. Nothing against Devin Singletary. I thought he's done a solid job as a third-round pick, but they're not going to pay him. And I hope greener pastures are ahead for Devin Singletary. Sure. But, yeah, Odell would be awesome this offseason. Another receiver I kind of like, like Jacoby Myers, I'm not against. I think Jacoby Myers would be a very good addition. Paris Campbell, people have talked about. I put a tweet out for Bill Buffalo and – uh let me go check, see if I can go pull it up. A couple a, a couple spot track had some guys with – with, I did. I only put the guys out that had, Spotrac had uh, money with. You know, some players have no money attached, like what they predict, and some players do. So I just put the guys that had money attached that I thought could be options for the Bills. Uh, DJ Chark, I thought that would be that would be interesting addition for the Bills. It would give you a guy that can come and take the top off the defense. What are your thoughts on DJ Chark? Yeah, I kind of liked him in the fantasy world uh, two years ago. I think it was. He was really uh, exploding onto the scene. So uh, wouldn't mind. See, you know, I 
I'm not going to sit here and try to say that I know more about these guys than the coaching and staff and the, and the GM. So for me, it's like, I'm going to root as hard as I can for the guys they bring in. Um, DJ Chark wouldn't be at the top of my list for who I'm looking at, but I mean, if they bring him in and they think he's good, um, anybody, I I know our options are limited. So I definitely, but but if it's like Chark or OBJ, like I would rather try to take my chances with OBJ. Like um, anybody on this list. So I put on this list, DJ Chark, Alan Lazard, Jacoby Myers, Juju, Michael Harmon, Paris Campbell, right? There's 109 comments on this. Scroll through the comments. Anybody on that list, I think you have to draft a guy either in the round one, two, or three to go with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you want to yeah. kind of compliment the wide receiver room. You go Chark and you take – you take uh, let's say you take Hyatt in the second round, right? Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. You go Jacoby Myers and you take Hyatt in the second round. I'm on board with that, right? I think that's what I kind of feel with it. A lot of comments are saying Campbell or Chark with the draft pick. Um Someone said none of them. Appreciate you taking the 10 seconds to write that. Uh, Chark, Hardman, or Campbell. Lazard, not a bad idea. DJ Chark. Uh, Paris Campbell and use first or second round pick on another receiver and then save money for O-line. I always agree like through these comments. Twitter comments are okay. Facebook comments uh, are <laughs> not on these. I appreciate everyone that comments on the shows. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Some of the other people that comment on the Facebook posts are great people. Um, but, yeah, I think if you drafted one of these – if you signed one of these guys like a Charco, a Zara, a Myers, you would have to go add another receiver in the first second. Maybe a little third round might be pushing it. But if you go Jacoby Myers and you take Rasheen Rice in the second round, you take Josh Downs in the second round, go ahead. If you draft Jacoby Myers and go – you sign, I keep saying draft. You sign Jacoby Myers and you draft Jordan Addison in the first round. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Hello. That's a hell of a draft. That's a hell of a wide receiver room. If you have Jacoby Myers, Jordan Addison, Diggs, Davis, and Shakir, that is a heck of a wide receiver room right there. And the Bills have the chance to make that wide receiver room an actual option this offseason, which is kind of a cool thing. Um, Kenny's coming in. Did you know the last player that was drafted in the first round by the Bills or any other team that Josh Allen has played for with this Kelvin Benjamin? I'm assuming he's talking about offense uh, because Josh Allen plays with everybody on the team, but offense. Yeah, the Bills haven't really invested in first round Josh Allen weapons or offensive linemen. They have invested in second round Cody Ford, um, James Cook, obviously Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Shakir, Gabe Davis. It's not like they haven't invested, but I agree. I expect if I had to bet, if I had to bet, I would say the Bills' first round pick is an offensive player. I'm not going to go on the limb and say it's a receiver, but I think mm-hmm. it's an offensive player. Lance, if you had to choose right now on Wednesday at 7:53, offense or defense in the first round? Offense. Offense. Let's talk 716 sports. Well, hey guys, what do you think of Dorsey? Appreciate the comment, Lance. What are your thoughts on Dorsey? I know we've, I know, I, 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 I think I know your thoughts. I think we kind of have similar thoughts on Dorsey. Yeah, I just want him to succeed, obviously. And well, yeah, like it, people like it appears that like if, if he succeeds, that means we succeed. Yeah. Um it just for me. It's frustrating to see um how much and this is kind of where I get my you know thought process on how the coaches are really relying on their guys to win their matchups consistently. And it's frustrating because we saw that guys couldn't win their matchups consistently. And yet he didn't seem to adapt or figure out a way to help those folks succeed and then let the offense succeed. I mean, I think if you're consistently having your star quarterback, just ad lib every play which he's darn good at you're gonna have success more often than not i get that but it cannot be your strategy for offense like you have to um button things up especially in the protections and then the other problem i think was that they were so afraid to get into any type of heavy protection because it didn't seem like their receivers were capable of separating on the back end in their matchups at at that point excuse me so I think it's a lack, you know, we need to get that weapon um, that Dorsey needs to commit to using as a rookie. 
uh, in the first in the first round or second round. Yeah. And and yeah, you know, yeah. pair, you know, go with um, you know, between Diggs, Davis, Shakir, and your your second or first or second round pick, um, you know, get after it. And uh, you know, I don't know how much of a future there is for McKenzie to produce here. I don't know how much um we're gonna see any guys like uh Kumaro or anything like that. So um you know, I think you got to get these young guys in and get them playing. Hi, Mom. I'm on a show. Hi, Mrs. Nelson. Um, I think you were perfect on uh, – you know, you hit the head on, on the nail with uh, Ken Dorsey. I think Ken Dorsey did a lot of good things. The Bills averaged 28 points a game. So he had to do some good things. Like, he wasn't trash. Like, he did some really good things. But I agree. I think there was a lot of times where he relied – and I get it. Josh Allen's incredible, and you can rely on because more times than less – He's going to help you. But in a playoff game against the Bengals, who are, who are the same exact team as the Bills, super talented, you're going to have to rely on a little more coaching instead of Josh Allen just doing what he wants to do. There's too many times that the Bills were too simple on offense, too many go routes, too many deep post routes, not enough short passing. I think the couple things that drove me nuts that I talked about, I've talked about multiple times that Ken Dorsey did not do was he got rid of the short passing game some reason and he got rid of any sort of play action any sort of bootleg we saw Mahomes multiple times use the bootleg and it hurts it works it works you get Josh Allen in space on the right side with the receiver and you have multiple options Josh Allen can take it and run or he can dish it off to his receiver why was that not incorporated in the offense if I see that and I see that needs to happen that's a problem that the offensive scheme did not change bootlegs play action and for for I'm, I'm, i can't say it but please get the short passing game going it opens up so much they did it early watch the rams game watch the packers game watch the steelers game those offense was humming I after remember. the first I half there. of the packers game it was totally a different team and they still put up 27 in detroit they put a ton of points against the bears they put up a ton of points against Miami both times. It wasn't like they were bad offensively. There is a ton of room for growth, which is a great thing. There yeah. is probably, besides three or four teams, that would want to be in the Bills position. Besides the Chiefs, besides maybe the Eagles, besides the Bengals, and maybe the 49ers minus their quarterback situation because the 49ers roster is stacked. They just have probably the worst quarterback luck I have ever seen injury-wise in the last two years. It's insane. But outside of those teams, maybe another team, if you want to throw another team in, there's not another team that would rather not would not trade places for the Buffalo Bills. So, Bills fans, take a deep breath. Everyone calm down. It's going to be okay. Doesn't mean there's changes that don't need to have to happen. There's a difference between saying we need to change Ken Dorsey or change the scheme. We need to add this, this, and this. And I think they do know that. Then going on a rant, and I'm so sick of it. And I'm so sick of it. I, I'm going on a rant here. Every time I go on Twitter, and see the Bill and Buffalo posts. This is not a shot at Bill and Buffalo because they're not doing anything wrong. Bill and Buffalo posts. I tweet. Lance tweets. Somebody tweets. Oh, well, draft this guy. Draft this guy. Send this guy. McDermott and Dorsey and Frazier are going to ruin them. That's just not true. Yeah. Bills won the division for the third straight year. They won 13 games. They lost to a really good Bengals team. With the Bills bad in that game, 100%. Should we fire everyone? No. Do changes need to happen? Yes. Do schemes need to change? This Ken Dorsey from his first ever year in play calling Need to adjust? Yes. Do I expect him to adjust? Yes. Okay. That felt good to get off my chest because Bills fans are driving me absolutely insane. But keep coming back to my comment section. I appreciate you guys watching and listening to the show. But yeah, I like yeah. this comment here by Kenny. Um, the the last one here. Uh, oh, shit, my bad. <laughs> the difference between Bills and Chiefs are the Chiefs aren't afraid to play their rookies in big roles, and that's, that's so. True. I think that's sort of true, but at the other point is the rookies they are playing aren't produced like so when your secondary still wasn't good Rousseau and Basham <laughs> and, and Epinesa are are going like you know as rookies and stuff they're not producing though they were they try you know it's not like the Bills didn't try to play those guys in in big roles it's just they didn't get their production or the consistency and now McDermott and and Frazier's defensive scheme is a little bit different and it rotates a lot of guys in to keep them fresh. So it, you know, relies upon a lot of guys to step in there and, and yeah. produce. And 
you know, we didn't always get a high level of production from all the guys. Uh, so I think we did try to play certain guys in certain positions, but not at a consistent clip, even like a guy like Ed Oliver, you know, you would think first round pick, you bring him in and play him and wear him out. And they never did that. And I think that uh, that's one of those things. Like, do you, do you like the rotation that they have at mostly the line, but also I think they do it a little bit at corner here and there too. And even at running back. Von Miller got injured. Yeah. Like the defensive line was producing. Ed Oliver was probably on pace. Not Ed Oliver. Greg Rousseau doesn't if he doesn't get injured, and I think if Von Miller stays, he's a double digit sack guy. He didn't he didn't sacks. I think people are knocking Gregory Rousseau. I don't get that. I get his production dropped off from Von Miller, but so was a lot of people's when sure. you don't have to focus on Von Miller. Gregory Rousseau was on pace for probably I would say 10 to 11 sacks. And I think we would be running through walls how excited we are. I bet that's had six sacks. I think he was kind of had a good year. Basham's been very disappointing. I think they got a future Rousseau. I think Rousseau's going to be very good. I think he had a very good year. I get the rotation. Tried to keep guys fresh. I still think we probably need another production. If Von Miller comes back fully healthy, Rousseau's back. And then I think we need another Epinetza six sacks and probably need Basham to do some things. I don't hate the rotation, but I think we saw the drop off once Von Miller left. I think that was, I think Rousseau was on pace for 11, 12 sacks. If Von Miller doesn't get injured, so yeah, for sure. No, I think that you're right. I think uh, it would be nice um, to see a little bit of the rotation go away with when you have Miller, Rousseau, and Oliver um, that you can kind of keep going with, uh, and and they should be your studs. And and you know you obviously give them breaths at certain times, but um, maybe on first or second down, and then you know you know have those guys in there for all your big third downs and everything. Every third down should be a big third down for you at this point. Yeah. Um, trying to win a game. I think the schedule doesn't get any easier from the looks of it next year. So one of those things where, you know, I think we got to be, but, you know, I think there's, there's gotta be um, some guys breaking through here. I think there's going to be some young guys that we've kind of been waiting on and hopefully, so, you know, we re-signed some of the guys like um, wasn't a big Shaq Lawson fan when we re-signed him. And now I would really love to have him back. Yeah. He, he made a comment um, about, having to check Josh Allen years ago when Josh first came in because Josh made some dumb comments on his social media when he was a kid and uh, Shaq Lawson said he had to check him. And it's like, at that point, Shaq was like, you know, a younger guy that was like third string defensive end as well. And I'm like, dude, you're not like, we had Lorenzo Alexander and guys like that on our team at the time. So we didn't need, you know, Shaq Lawson to be trying to check our first round pick quarterback. I just, the, the comment that he had was just kind of, ridiculous but anyways um his play on the field's been been much better and when he came you know back this year he was he was obviously delightful to to watch play he he beat his block you know he was consistently winning um and i think that's what we were looking for out of a guy like him in the rotation we're gonna wrap it up because we go from seven to eight now and new start time it's been going on for a couple weeks appreciate it appreciate you hopefully you come back next week wednesday at seven um what's up dominic i yeah i haven't seen you in a while my man um new bills built in buffalo youtube page every wednesday at 7 p.m eastern so be back next wednesday if you missed the show you can rewatch on facebook and youtube podcast all that fun stuff um could you imagine if marv levy marv levy only played bruce smith and cornelius bennett for percent of the plays is bruce smith on this freaking team no i i don't i'm not the biggest fan of rotation but Bruce Smith's not we also, on don't, we also don't have the greatest defensive end ever on our team right now. So no, we don't. Von Miller is great, but then he got injured, and we needed he wasn't playing when we needed him the most. The Bengals playoff game. So yeah, that's gonna do it for tonight. Buffalo Blitz every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Lance and I have some cool things in the in the works. I don't know if we're gonna disclose it just yet. I don't know if we're supposed nope. to or not. I'm not no idea. supposed to. Probably we're not. not going to. Um, but yeah, we got some cool things coming up. In the next couple weeks to a month. And if you guys follow us on social media, follow Boom Buffalo, you guys will know. Um, but yeah, Dominic, come back next Wednesday. We'll be back next Wednesday. If you want to rewatch this on Facebook and YouTube, you can. Lance, where can everyone find your social media, all your fun stuff that you do for Boom Buffalo? Yeah, I'm uh, on Twitter at Mafia Montage. And uh, you can find me on Facebook if you want. Maybe you can request me. I'm not sure. 
Uh, I don't use Facebook a ton, so I'm on Twitter for all Bill's content. And uh, follow me at Mafia Montage, and I'll be, you know, uh, checking in and, and doing some things with the Built in Buffalo Twitter page as well. So, um, yeah, uh, basically find me there and then find our uh, Built in Buffalo YouTube page. Subscribe. I think we're only 70 subscribers away from 1,000 or something like yeah. that. So if everyone could share the love, get people that you know that are Bills fans, mm-hmm. come in and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, that'd be great. Uh, nearly nearing a thousand and, uh, you'll find us on Twitter, obviously. And, uh, love to hear from you. I love the comments. So keep them coming uh, next week uh, for Peter and them. And, uh, hopefully we'll see you guys soon. Yeah. We'll see everyone soon. Next Wednesday, 7 PM Eastern, the Buffalo Blitz on Built in Buffalo Network, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, DBIC Peter. Like I said, Lance and I got some cool things in the works. If you follow us on social media, follow Built in Buffalo. You guys will know a couple weeks well, you guys know it's gonna be awesome. You guys don't want to miss any of the content that is coming up. He was Lance. I was Peter. This was the Buffalo Blitz on the Built in Buffalo Network. We'll be back next week. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>